Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hi, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. It's Tuesday, so it's Travel Tuesday, and I'm here with my husband, Matt. Hello. And this week, we are going to talk all about Montana and Glacier National Park and all kinds of fun stuff. So last week when we left off, we were in Olympia and exploring the Olympic Peninsula, Um, and now we were going to be headed across the whole state of Washington and across Idaho and into Montana, and our landing point was going to be Kalispell, Montana, um, very close to Glacier National Park. Um, that was really one of our big reasons for going up there. I mean, besides exploring Montana, we really wanted to get to Glacier. Um, so, and we kind of didn't know if we were going to be able to do it because of all the wildfires, but anyway, we'll get into that. Um, so yeah, so we're in Olympia and we had to kind of do, um, two days of travel to get over to Kalispell or it would have been too long. Yep. We had the weekend to make it and, uh, off we went to Spokane. Yeah, to Spokane. And we actually did not stay at like a resort or um, anything there. We actually did something called boondocking, which is where you just park the RV and, um, you know, run off your generator. And I mean, you've got everything on board to be sort of off the grid, like you're completely, you know, self-contained and you have big water tanks and you can run the generator and all that for a few days. Um, But we were just going to do it overnight. Um, and we were actually going to stay of all places in a Walmart parking lot. Um, this is something that they allow in different parts of the country. Also like Home Depot and Target and I don't know, other places that have big parking lots often will allow this and some state parks and rest stops and things like that. Just if you need to sleep overnight and then get on your way, um, don't have a problem with that, but you do kind of have to check ahead. So we just picked this because it was right off the highway and we had read some reviews of other people staying there. And I have to say it was not the most seamless night for us. We um, got there kind of, you know, as things were getting dark and we parked, you know, out by sort of like, you know, you're really on the perimeter. You're not like up in the parking lot. You're really on the perimeter. And there were a few other people already there. And, you know, you want to park away from like massive lights and whatever so you can sleep and all that stuff um and because we have the dogs with us we parked by kind of like a wooded um side area and you know it was just not the most savory situation like we found some paraphernalia in the like drug paraphernalia out in the out in the bushes yeah and you know I was kind of like really nervous about that and there were a few groups that showed up later at night they weren't in motorhomes or anything, they were just like hanging out in the parking lot. There was a big motorcycle group. And then there was a big, you know, group with trucks and they were sort of having like a Saturday night rally. And the yeah, I'm not sure who wants to go to Walmart and drink. I don't know what was happening. going on. And anyway, we were like, you know, securely in our motorhome and, you know, whatever, doing our own thing. And, you know, you have all the comforts of home. So it just doesn't seem like that's what's going on outside. But It was a little wild and, you know, we're used to staying in resorts and things. And then, uh, and then like when we went to take the dogs out at night, we found out that a guy had like parked in front of us and like 
within inches of our front bumper. And it was kind of aggressive because like we couldn't pull out. And I don't think he meant it that way. You know, I think in the morning we felt a lot better about it because we found out it was he and his girlfriend and they were sleeping there like overnight. But when you don't know the story and you just look out and somebody's like right there um, and you've got to take the dogs out to go outside, it was a little disconcerting. Yes. It was a little unsettling. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, we made it through that unscathed and <laughs> and ended up, you know, wishing them well on their trip and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, the next day we went through um, Coeur d'Alene in Idaho, and that was, like, so beautiful. It was a lovely area. We really enjoyed, you know, even though we weren't in Idaho very long, we really enjoyed that part. And I definitely think that that's a place I would go back and sort of explore um, there was a lot of, you know, like yeah, a lot of natural beauty there. And, yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Um, and then we crossed into Montana. And I got to say, it was like the minute we crossed into Montana, the water totally changed. It was like all of a sudden on the side of the roads, you know, you're seeing these little streams and rivers and things running along the side of the road. And they're so clear. They are just crystal, crystal clear. And you can see all the way down to the bottom, you know. And I think the big deal is that. They have rocky bottoms, you know, like little pebbles instead of dirt and mud that would cloudy up the water. And so it was just gorgeous. I mean, you could, from the motorhome, I mean, I know we're like elevated, you know, as opposed to like a car, but from the motorhome out the window, we can see like the bottoms of these rivers and streams and you can see like fish. I mean, it was just crazy. Um, And, you know, we kind of had this magical time where, you know, we saw like a, um, a sheep, like a big horn sheep crossing sign. We've seen the craziest crossing signs all over the country from pigs to panthers to whatever. But anyway, this big horn sheep crossing sign. And I swear to you, not 30 seconds later, there's a whole little family of big horn sheep <laughs> right there on the mountain. It's like they actually got it right this yeah. time. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> usually we see a crossing sign, we're looking around and there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, you know, for years we lived in, in the Northeast and uh, you know, up in New Hampshire and everything, and like driving around, you see all these moose crossing signs. And I swear, we never saw a moose like anywhere near. We did eventually like go up and see moose, but we never saw one just organically like at the crossing or anywhere remotely near the crossing. Um, the only thing I think they usually are pretty accurate with that is deer crossing, but even that sometimes <laughs> they miss. But anyway, so that was pretty cool, and then um. You know, Montana was just stunning. I mean, they don't call it big sky country for nothing. Like, it is just wow. I mean, wow. Blue, blue sky, big uh, puffy clouds. Everywhere. And just as far as you can see. Yeah, it was incredible. And, you know, you're kind of, like, going through, like, parts that are inc- insanely, incredibly beautiful with, like, streams and mountains and whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of like nothing. It's, like, flat and wide open for a while and then back to mountains. And, I mean, it was just Wow. Um, and on the way, let's see, we were in St. Regis, which is kind of right over the border. It's not terribly far in, I don't think. Um, and saw all these signs about huckleberries and we had not had huckleberries before. And so we wanted to experience these. Um, and so we did stop and try some huckleberries and it was, they were really good. They were good. They were so good. Um, they're similar to other berries, you know, like a blueberry or blackberry or something like that. 
kind of a similar flavor, closer to blueberries, I think. Yeah, blueberry, raspberry, yeah, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, and, you know, they do everything with it imaginable. Of course, huckleberry pie is a big thing. And then milkshakes and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we actually had a huckleberry milkshake, and that was so good. I'm going to put a link um, to a recipe on um, on the show notes. So if you are doing other things right now, that's fine. You can just hop over to realfoodwholehealth.com and go under podcast and under episodes and you'll find all the show notes for today's episode. So just like scroll down to this episode and you'll be good to go. Um, and so we'll put links to everything that we talk about. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And you know, you could just buy them fresh too. There were people selling those. So it was pretty neat and, you know, kind of a fun experience. And, you know, I picked up some huckleberry jam for my mom and just different things like that. So, um, and then we got into kind of the area near, um, Kalispell. We were maybe like 45 minutes out and we're passing Flathead Lake. And let me tell you, this lake was like stunningly beautiful. It was so blue. And enormous. Oh, it was huge, 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 huge. I mean, we drove past it for like 45 minutes and, I couldn't believe it was still the same lake, but, you know, I'm following along on the GPS and, like, sure enough, it is. Um, and we had looked at staying in Polson. There's a beautiful place to stay in Polson, um, but we were going to be too far away. That was, like, at the other end of the lake, and we were going to be, you know, up in Kalispell and Whitefish and going to Glacier, and we were actually going to do a little trip to Banff um, up in Calgary, you know, or outside of Calgary in Alberta, Canada, which we will talk about next week. Um, but anyway, we needed to sort of be a little bit more north. But this lake was incredible. And you can go and take boat rides on there. You can go fishing. There's a little island you can go out to. Um, really awesome space. So if you get up that way, I would definitely check out Flathead and, you know, stay somewhere around there so that you can take advantage of it. Um, and then, yeah, so then we got up to Kalispell and we stayed at Glacier Pines RV Park, um, which was a fine place to stay. It was really, you know, kind of centrally located um, and, you know, nice and everybody was nice there and everything. The spots were like a little bit small. If you have a smaller motorhome, that would probably work better. But like we were in an in spot and, you know, our rig is like 44 foot long and then we have the car. So it was a little tight. We had to move it a couple of times because somebody was about to clip <laughs> our mirror. Yeah. So um, and then, you know, there was some miscommunication. We didn't have quite the hookups that we thought we were going to have and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It worked out totally fine. And I would probably stay there again if we go back up in that area. So um, anyway, and Kalispell is a fine place. There's not just a ton going on. Um, as far as the real food scene goes, there's like an older um, part of Kalispell, which is kind of a cute downtown. You can go and, you know, walk and check out shops and stuff like that. And then kind of on the other side of town, there's a, a newer area and that's all built up where you can do some shopping. And, um, you know, if you need to go to the grocery store or do that kind of stuff, like that's all there. Um, but we really enjoyed Whitefish, which is about 30 minutes about 30 minutes, yeah. Outside yeah, maybe about of 20, I think. Yeah, it's not too far. It was a smaller town. It was kind of quaint, and it seemed to have a lot more things like we like going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. There was, like, some real food places, and, um, you know, that's where I went and found the salon to get my hair done in a Veda salon, and they had um, just really cool, like, shops and galleries and a lot of area to walk around, and we went to the lake there. And So the first night that we went in, we actually ended up going to Pescado Blanco, which is a kind of a farm to table or a from scratch um 
Mexican restaurant there in Whitefish. And oh my gosh, was that delicious. Yeah, that was, was a fun find. So good. It was really good. Um, and who would have thought that you would have found awesome Mexican food in northern Montana? But hey, there it was. Um, and so that was just a fabulous meal. The service was nice. Um, it was actually a little bit later when we got there. So it was, you know, pretty easy in and out. Um, we did end up going another time during our stay there and we did have to wait a little bit longer that time. It does get really busy. So if you're going at a prime time, like do make your reservations, um, or plan to wait or whatever. But we did, um, get in and out that first night. And I think you had the mole. And I mean, if there's a mole on the menu, Matt's going to have mole. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't know about mole, it's, um, it's a sauce and there's lots of different interpretations, but this one's sort of a red mole. That's kind of our favorite. It's like roasted chilies and, uh, cocoa powder, um, you know, chocolate. I mean, it doesn't really taste like chocolate, but you can get the notes. It's just a flavor element. Yeah. And then it's usually got some like put peanut butter or almond butter or something like or almonds like in the as they make the sauce and then sesame seeds like it's often served over chicken or sometimes they'll do chicken enchiladas with that um but our favorite is just with roasted chicken and and amy's got a great recipe for uh, a mole sauce on well, the website thank you we'll yeah i'm gonna link, link to that. that yeah on the show notes but um the, it's a labor of love to make you know that sauce because there's like 30 different ingredients and you've got to, you know, mix it all together and simmer it just so. And anyway, it, it's Matt's favorite. So I came up with a recipe so that I can make it with real food ingredients. Because if you buy a mix or something at the store, you know, it's going to have a bunch of junk in it. So um, that and yours doesn't have to simmer all day either. It's kind yeah. of a quick version. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, I'll put a link to that on the show notes. Again, realfoodwholehealth.com under podcasts, under episodes. There you go. Um, So, yeah, so we did that. And then we went over to Whitefish Lake um, to watch the sunset. And this was like a really cool experience. First of all, that's a gorgeous lake. I mean, it was so clear, really cute. It's kind of nestled down, you know, outside of a um, residential area. You know, you drive from the downtown, go past some houses and stuff. And then there's like a park and a lake and it just sort of opens up. Um, and there were deer all over the place that were just like frolicking. Yeah, around, yeah. really frolicking. I mean, they were just playing and skipping and running after each other. I ha- actually haven't seen them like do that before. Um, but you know, I think the two younger ones were sort of like really playing, and it was probably that like just like with kids, that end of the day thing where they got to get out all their energy, and they're just hopping around like literally skipping. It was so cute. Um, and so I tried to get some pictures of that. I think I got a little video, um, just very quickly, but they were fast. I mean, I've never seen a deer move that fast. It was wild. Um, and you know, that's going on the sun setting of this crystal clear lake. The, the sky just looked like it was on fire. It was such a pretty sunset. I'm such a sucker for sunsets anyway, but if you're not following along with our travel photos, um, you ought to hop over to Instagram we're at Real Food Whole Health on Instagram um, because we share all the travel photos. And I don't think I got the deer video up there, but I know I got the sunset. Um, and so, you know, go check it out. And I think Pescado Blanco, I think we had some pictures there. And anyway, so check it out. Um, and then uh, the next day is when we went up to Glacier. And, you know, again, like I said, I was a little concerned that we weren't going to be able to get there 
because there were massive, massive wildfires going on. And we had been watching the situation, you know, in the news and trying to figure out like what the story was, if we were going to be even able to access the park. Um, but it was contained like two days before we got there, they contained it down to, you know, whatever yeah. acreage. Yeah. Just this one section of the park. Right. And luckily, like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's been horrible fires. Like it's going to be decimated. We're going to go in and, you know, not be able to see anything except like flaming tree stumps or whatever. Like I, I thought it was pretty much destroyed. Um, luckily it was contained to only a small portion and not necessarily, like, the most popular areas of the park. I know that, I mean, you know, fires happen all the time in the parks, right? It's big open wilderness. Um, and it is part of the natural cycle. But I just didn't know what to expect. So I thought, well, we'll go. Because, I mean, this has been, like, a bucket list item, right? Glacier. But um, I didn't know what to expect. And luckily, we saw the most beautiful stuff. I mean, it was just insane. Like It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Glacier is a must-do. You have to go. It is so beautiful. And the going to the Sun Road is just so magical. I mean, it's picturesque at every turn. And it's just one of those, like, amazing must-do, must-see things. Um, and, you know, the water there is pristine. I mean, the water is like blue, 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 that glacial blue. It's like a turquoise and clear. I mean, and the waterfalls uh, and everything's so green. At it least is. it was when we were there. Yeah, when we were there. And it was just so beautiful. And we saw all sorts of animals. We had some very close encounters <laughs> with some bears. I think by the time it was all said and done, we saw five bears. Um, and, you know, the first is we were coming into the park and I'm like, I just want to see one bear. Like, that was my goal. I want to see one bear. And we're coming in and... It's not too far from the entrance area. No, it really wasn't far. And, yeah, because we came in the west entrance. So it was right by Lake McDonald. It was just after passing by that lake. We see that somebody stops. See, this is always what you got to look for is like, what are other people doing? Are they stopped? Are they looking in a certain direction? Are they pointing? Are they whatever? Because people are definitely looking and like they can help double, you know, the eyes looking for things. And so um, this guy had kind of stopped on the other side of the road and we were trying to figure out, is he just letting somebody cross? Like, what's he doing? And he had his window down and they were all looking like everybody in the cars, like looking into the woods. And sure enough, there's Big Bear, like, walking through the woods. And so I was, like, over the moon. I was, like, squealing <laughs> and clapping. I couldn't believe. I was like, yay, we finally have seen this bear. Which is funny because, like, in New Hampshire at the farm, we had a bear, like, walk right out <laughs> at us while we were farming. But anyway, um, it's another thing to see it, you know, when you're in a national park. And so... We watched that for a little bit and then uh, and then moved on. You know, there's a lake there as you come into Glacier um, to sort of check out. And so we got out and looked at that again. Clear, clear water. Just so insanely beautiful. I mean, it's hard to actually describe. And you've got all of these mountains around and it was just stunning. It was so pretty. Mountains and meadows and oh wild my flowers. Gosh. Oh, and... my gosh. Yeah. And then on to the rapids at Avalanche Creek, which were just, you know, the glacial blue water going over enormous rocks. It's a definite pullout. 
And so, you know, the thing about the national parks is, like, when you go in, you get a map, right? And so you can kind of plan out, like, where you want to go, and it'll tell you, like, where the little hikes are. And I always do some research before we go, but, like, I get a map when we go in, and we know we're going to do the scenic drive, like, first of all. And that's pretty much in any park. I mean, here you have the going to the Sun Road, which we knew we were going to do. Um, but, you know, any park will have that. And then take any little turnoffs and do any little hikes. Like, usually in the time that we have allotted, we can do, like, a mile to a mile and a half hike. Like, sometimes a little more, depending on how many hikes there are. Um, but that's usually the level that we try to keep it at so that we can see the whole thing in a, in a visit or two. Um, and so because part of it was blocked off, um, one of the hikes we were going to do, I think was further into the park. I think it was like a sun point nature trail or one of those, but at least we got to go and do trail of the cedars, which was close to avalanche Creek. And one of the lodges that we wanted to go to many glaciers was almost all the way at the other side of the park, which was what, three and a half hours away or something. Yeah, It was still accessible, but then you have to go so roundabout to get there. It was yeah. Really gonna take it was going to take like six hours to go the roundabout way. So that wasn't going to work because we wanted to go eat there. Um, because they had, you know, a lot of the national parks are doing more real food, lots of grass fed beef, lots of gluten free stuff, lots yeah. of from scratch, you know, cooking, yeah, some wild stuff, you definitely know. more yeah. sustainable. It's great. Um, and you'll see this as a trend like throughout the country, um, that more national parks are doing this. But anyway, Glacier certainly had one that looked very good. We did not get to go, but I will put a link, um, on the show notes so that you can check that out if you go up there when there's not a huge wildfire. Um, but anyway, it was just stunning. And, you know, as we come through like one of the turns again, you know, somebody, it was like a big, they have these cool, um, what are they like buses, trolley kind of thing. It's not a trolley. It's like a bus, but it's, it doesn't have a top on it. It's like people can stand up in the back and, um, you can go on those tours. Like if you don't want to take your own car, we usually tend to be in our own car. So we have all our stuff with us. Um, but we saw them pulled over and they're all looking one direction. So I'm like, well, there's something to say. So we pull up and we walk, <laughs> we parked and got out of the car and walked towards them. And luckily one of them gave us a heads up like, Hey, there's a bear. That's why we're stopped. Um, and it was not terribly far from the road. I mean, it was what, maybe 20 feet away. Well, at first it was a little further, but then yeah. it, it kept coming closer and closer. It got a little closer. Um, at one point I was sort of like, yeah, I think it's time that we mosey on back to the car. We were actually, I don't know, maybe like four or 500 feet from the car. We were quite a bit away. And, you know, in my mind, I'm doing the math. Like, how fast can the bear get to us? How fast can <laughs> we get to the car? I'm like, we're in the losing. Mm. We were we were watching it, and then we saw starting to walk. Not, yeah, because it's eating us. berries. Yeah. That's what it's doing when we get there. It's just sitting on its little hiney, eating berries, which was adorable. And then it was starting to putter off a little bit further, yeah. further from us. And, right. And then we lost it in the bushes, and we were like, oh. And then all of a sudden, boop, there it pops There it up. was, like <laughs> right in front of us. I mean, not like five feet away, but like ten feet away. It was kind of shocking and that's when you know and our other people in the in the tour bus or whatever they had left they were like oh yeah he's just sitting there eating berries and la-di-da we're gonna go ahead and go and so it was after they left that you know he sort of like walked around and ate berries from the other side of the bush and then we thought oh he's just walked away so we're sort of standing there for a minute 
look, taking in all the other scenery before he pops back up. And just then, like, this other car pulls up. And I'm sort of gesturing at them, like, hey, there's a bear. You don't want to miss it, you know, because everybody wants to see them. And so they park and get out. And luckily, their car was, like, right behind us. And I said, just to warn you, <laughs> we may be hopping in your car, <laughs> all four of us, you know, you guys and us, maybe needing to hop in your car because the bear is back. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a bear in its own environment. Like, we weren't harassing it, yelling at it. Nothing was threatening or scary. Like, it didn't have any reason to even pay attention to us. And it really didn't. Um, but, you know... In your mind, you're thinking, this is a bear. This could go, like, a bad way. And uh, we need to be alert. And so, anyway, so it was fine. But it was, there was a few moments where I kind of thought, hmm, this is this is how it's going to show up on the news, right? Um, and I was taking pictures. And as the camera would click, it did look over. And I thought, <laughs> I think I'm yeah. done taking pictures. Let's head towards the car now. Yeah, let's, let's go. Um, so anyway, so that was super cool. And then you sort of head up a mountain. Like, you go up and then you can go through these passes. And it's up in the mountains called the Loop. It was kind of interesting weather that day because we were, like, moving in and out of rain and sun and rain and sun. And so we'd get to a certain area, like, to do a little hike or do whatever. And the rain would sort of come in. And it wasn't heavy, heavy rain, um, but it was enough that, I mean, you would get very wet. Um, and that's sort of not pleasant when you're hiking and then in and out of the car. Um, and so then it would pass and the sun would come out and it would be like nothing ever happened. But what the beautiful thing was is that that made for some gorgeous photos um, because the light, you know, and all the clouds and all this cool stuff going on. And when we got up to the top, of, you know, kind of this overlook at this certain pass just past the Weeping Wall and, like, almost to Logan Pass Visitor Center. We got this incredible picture. I mean, it was just so amazing. Again, it's on Instagram. We share all of that kind of stuff. Um, but it was so amazing. The sun beams came through the clouds at just the right time and we're like in between these mountains and it's green 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 and there's big pink wildflowers and then the sunbeam comes through oh my lord <laughs> it was amazing like what a gift it was so beautiful i had no idea it would be like that it was amazing you have to go to glacier if i haven't said it before you have to go to glacier um but that's where we needed to turn around and that's where, you know, the barrier was for the wildfires. And so, you know, I was really amazed that, you know, we did not have a lot of, we didn't see any burning. No, there's no smoke or no, anything. No, there was no smoke. I guess that's where we were, you know, in relation to where it was, even though we were close. Um, it was maybe blowing the other way. Maybe it was the rain. I don't know what was helping it, but... I totally expected to smell it in the air and see, you know, lots of smoke. I mean, again, like in our minds, we didn't even know that we'd be able to go and see anything or like exist there because of the fire. Um, but it was fine. And so I was so grateful that that like worked out. Um, and they have gotten that, I mean, of course, under control and, and they've rebuilt a lot of stuff. And so it, it's definitely so beautiful. But um, anyway, so that was you know, we turn around there and kind of came back through, um, and we get, you know, out of kind of the mountain area, um, and back down and 
all of a sudden, you know, again, somebody's going slow, kind of pulled over, looking out the window, um, and we pull over too, and we're totally expecting a bear, and it was two enormous bucks, two deer, um, and we get out of the car, actually, because we had the windows down, and they didn't care. They were just eating. They were on the other side of the road, and... I get out of the car because I'm going to take a picture and I go in front of the car and I'm noticing like they don't care. They're not moving anything. We got the most incredible just interaction with them. Like even though we were across a roadway, um, they were so calm and just like fine that we were there. It was really cool. They were just eating and doing their own thing. And, you know, the car in front of us wasn't, you know, doing anything with them yelling at them or anything. And, you know, we were just observing. It was so cool. And we got a good 15 to 20 minutes just right there with them, observing them, um, watching them interact. I got tons of pictures, um, you know, some pictures of them with their head up, like, you know, food hanging out of their mouth. I got one with his tongue. He was like licking his nose. It was so cute. Um, so that was just such a cool experience. I mean, those are really like sacred experiences when you kind of can connect with another animal like that, especially a wild animal. Um, it just feels like really special. Like, thank you for allowing us to be here (laughs) and see you. Um, and so then, uh, on the way further out of the park, we saw another bear and this bear, um, was a little bit further away and scrambled up a rock face so fast. Yeah. I mean, he just took off. Yeah, you would think, oh, that's like a cliff, you know, like I, there's no way they can climb that well. They can, um, and they do, and they do it very quickly. And so that was just like a quick sighting. Um, and then I was so excited. I thought, I just want to see one more bear, just one more bear. And sure enough, here comes a bear, and I'm talking about King Bear. Yeah, he was big. He was enormous. Oh, my Lord. And just walks across the street just in front of us. There was, like, one other car kind of in between us or something, and he walks across the street, and they keep going. I guess they're like, yeah, we saw it, whatever. But I wanted to, like, watch it. And so we pull over, and he sort of, like, we watch him a little bit. He walks into the woods. And then he sort of disappears, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm fumbling around, like, trying to get my camera, get the right lens on, like, all of this. Um, And we think that he went down a certain way. Like, he was there. we had just crossed over, like, a little lake, and we saw, or, like, a little stream, Stream, not a lake. And we thought that he went down into that and was going to, you know, get a fish or something. I don't know. So... I get out and I'm thinking, okay, like I know where the bear is, right? I totally know where the bear is because I just watched him go there. Well, if this trip taught us anything, it's that bears are unpredictable because I swear to you, I get out of the car, close the door. What's behind me? Uh, The bear, like the biggest freaking bear. And again, (laughs) you know, news headlines flash through my mind and I'm thinking like, yeah, You know, Amy Love found in Glacier National Park mauled by a bear because she got out of the car um, thinking she knew where the stupid bear was. And so anyway, you know, again, he's not really bothered by us. You know, we're not in his turf, really, because he's doing his own thing. 
And I'm totally looking over the thing, thinking like, you know, when I get out of the car, I'm thinking, oh, he's right down in this little stream. No, he's right there. Um, and he just goes walking across the street the other way again and into the woods. And, you know, he starts walking towards this area where people are hiking and a parking lot where people are parking and walking across the street. And I'm just like freaking out like they don't know there's a bear. So we go back and we kind of were like, hey, there's a bear like coming your way. Just FYI. And they were really laissez-faire about it. Everybody was just like, all right. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, okay. You're just out with a bear. Um, and I'm like, you don't know how big this bear is. Um, but anyway, it was fine. And we didn't have, hear any issues. But, um, you know, I'm sure they see people a lot. And I know people have to exercise, like, massive caution. They are not tame. They are in their area. Like, you know, don't be stupid. Just observe um, from a safe distance. But... You know, and don't get out of the car when you think you know where the bear is, and you don't. Um, but anyway, it was a cool experience, and <laughs> it certainly taught me to be a little bit more aware of uh, the fact that they can just disappear and appear at will, apparently. Um, and then we saw yet another bear on the way out of the park. We had just exited, and there was another one just walking around. So um, they are definitely out there. And that was really exciting because, you know, when we were at Yellowstone, which we'll talk about in a couple episodes, uh, we didn't see any bears. And nope. we totally thought we'd see a lot of bears. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so that was Glacier. And then um, the next day we went back into uh, Whitefish and ended up getting uh, dinner at Chow Mambo. And it's a local Italian place. Um, and I gotta say, while the food was fine, was okay, yeah. the service was just awful. And, you know, I hate that, um, because we wanted to support this local, like, family-run place. Um, but it was just not great service at all. And I know that that's probably not the norm. It was probably just the woman that we, um, had that day, but... You know, it was so bad. Like, sometimes people can be a little forgetful or whatever, but, I mean, she was just, like, blatantly rude and dismissive, and you could tell she didn't want to be there, and um, some friends of hers were there, so she would go and literally sit at their table um, and just sort of hang out and not even come over and take orders or refill anything, and then at one point she just started closing up. Um, her area because she was, I guess, ready to go home and she starts watering plants. And one of them was like, she reached over our heads to like water a plant. It was like, excuse me. Um, and then I go to pick up my bag when we leave my handbag and it had been sitting in a pool of water, um, because of her watering these plants and stacking chairs and all kinds of stuff. So it just was not a great experience. So I can't totally recommend that area, but uh, or that restaurant, but the food was fine. It wasn't anything special. Um, but the service just, you know, don't you hate that? Just sort of turned you off of a place. Um, we did go a couple days later, actually on our way out to Banff to La Cochina Feliz. And this place, um, it's kind of a funny thing. It's a woman that used to have, um, or maybe still does, have a booth at the farmer's market um, doing traditional Mexican cuisine. I mean, she, like, hand makes tamales and does it the real way with, like, lard that she renders. And, I mean, the whole thing, right? Um, but she grew from the farmer's market stand and 
now has sort of like a, a restaurant share, I guess you could call it, with Quickie's Deli. And so it's kind of a deli by day. And then at, at a certain time, it turns into this Mexican place. And so um, we had heard about her and thought, well, we've got to try this. I mean, again, we love good Mexican food. You know, I'm from Texas originally, and so I love good Mexican food. Um, and when somebody is taking the time to make it all from scratch and, you know, render their own lard from the farmer's market and all this kind of stuff like that deserves support. So, and their tamales oh were good. my goodness, they were so good. Um, we actually ended up just getting them to go, um, so that we could get up to Calgary faster. And so it was pretty funny watching me feed tamales to Matt as he's driving. Um, and we stopped one time for construction and, you know, I'm sitting there, like, handing him pieces of tamale, and I'm sure the construction guy was like, what are they doing? Um, but anyway, it was funny. So next week, we're going to get into Banff and, well, Calgary and Banff and Lake Louise and all that kind of stuff. We just had a beautiful um, visit up there. I mean, talk about stunning sightseeing and countryside and all that. I mean, it's yep. Really more special. More blue, blue water, more mountains. Oh, my gosh. It's gorgeous. Crazy. So, anyway, we'll get into that next week. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Um, again, all the show notes are at realfoodwholehealth.com. Under podcasts, under episodes, just click on this week's episode, and you'll find all the links to everything that we talked about. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today, and please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.